Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Cow Corner Podcast. The Birmingham League Show. For your latest dose of all things Birmingham League cricket. And welcome back to episode 25 of the Birmingham League show, the end of season review. The season is all done and dusted and we are here to chew through the cards and look back at what a season the 2023 Birmingham League season has been in Divisions 1 and Division 2. But before we get that, let's introduce ourselves to the hosts who are on our panel this evening. So joining myself, James Hill, our rich man's Jack Black, Will Parton, the 88-wicket man, Andy Sutton, the wall, Usman Awan, and the leader of Leamington, John Wigley. How are we, guys? Lovely, mate. All good? All good, thank you. Lovely, thank you. <laughs> so... We thought we'd bring ourselves out here today and um, Uz, give us a little introduction. Well, f- first of all, welcome to Mosley Cricket Club. Um, I think everyone's pretty much here. It's your first time here, right? Yeah, my first time here. I, I don't live locally enough and definitely don't play a good enough standard of cricket to have ever had the opportunity to play here. No, I've seen I've seen, I've seen Suts take, a, take plenty of wickets here over the years. And I think last time you were here, you smashed around from the park for about first half an hour. That is correct. <laughs> and I think you had a good game the last time you were here as well, I'm pretty sure. I did, yeah. See, friendly ground for everyone. Good memories, good memories. But no, welcome to the club, mate. Yeah, and um, we are just missing one extra thing, I think, guys, really, from this room. Summit, summit, a little bit special that belongs to this room for uh, another year, at least. Yeah, do the honours, guys. Please present it. The trophy. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> There it is. There is the trophy, mate, and it's got a little, uh, our little beanie on top of it. So I put it right here, and that is the Birmingham League trophy. Oh, fantastic! Well done, mate. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> well done. So I think whilst we're here, we'll start with that. And as what a day! And I think there was a lot of people who didn't quite expect that you'd do it. Did Did you guys expect that you would end the day as Birmingham League champions that Saturday? I don't think anyone said it on the morning, but I think most of the lads had a pretty good feeling about the day. But I think it was more uh, the same message from everyone was we don't want to spend the day like looking at our phones and seeing what's happening on the ground. It was just more enjoying the day. It's the last time, you know, some of us are going to be together for a few months. So it's like, 
make the most of it, have a good laugh, and then if it's meant to be, it'll be. And I think that's the way we've kind of played or been for the last two, three years. And it was important not to change that. So I think we, we carried that on throughout the day. But I'd be lying to if I said nobody was checking their phones. There's a lot of guys checking their phones uh, throughout the day. But um, yeah, what a special day. And made even more special that you got to spend it with one of your podcast friends. I, I, it got said a lot <laughs> that day. Ooh, podcast friends. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> half the team kept saying that reminded me of it. Uh, but no, um, Will was there um, and so was Swift. Uh, Swifty was there as well. So um, it was nice, even though I think Swifty had a lot to say and parts had a lot to say uh, to our number 11, I think, when he was back in. Uh, maybe more Swift. Um, but no, I it was good. I think he was just chatting to him. Sometimes I think he's having a go and then I get a little bit closer and they're like talking about, I don't know, Sunday dinners or something like that. It's completely <laughs> non-cricket related. Like, I think, oh, he's not sledging him. <laughs> No, mate, it was, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a very, very good day. And uh, yeah, one I'll hopefully remember for a long time. Let's get ourselves started and we'll move on to our first division and division one. So starting in division one and your champions for 2023 are Mosley. They finished on 287 points. Six points ahead of Nolan Dorridge, who started the day nine points ahead of them going into the final game. Uh, three points behind them in third place were last season's champion Smethwick. Then 17 points behind them in fourth are Hales Owen. Then seven points behind them in fifth are Kenilworth Wardens. Then 12 points behind them in sixth are Barn Green. In seventh on 239 points are Ombersley. In eighth on 233 points are Wolverhampton. In ninth with 222 points were Berkswell. Then in 10th were Barnards Green with 214. And then your two relegated sides uh, from this season are Shrewsbury, who finished in 11th on 183 what? points. <laughs> <laughs> and Kidderminster in 12th with 104. So starting off then... Um, us at the start of the season, I think it was Swifty who was the one who picked you for the title this season. It's been tight, and what a season it's been! You, K and D, Smethwick, Hales, Owen, all up there, and even Wolverhampton had a, a, a spell up the top for a time being. Yeah, I think if you look at it there, well, I'm sure you can't see that, but week five we were still in the relegation spot. So I think you know five weeks in, being 11th to then win it was uh, is an amazing effort. I think the change in format helped us significantly. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it got to the point where I think we we spoke about it and said we're not gonna we're not gonna worry about the league positions till maybe end of August with two games to go or something like this and see the aim is to be there and thereabouts. Um, but most Saturday nights we spend looking at the league table. <laughs> so, um, but I think when you when you got towards the end, it was just it, it did turn out to be like obviously three uh, three four of us. Um, I think a turning point for us was beating Hells Owen. I think they were second. We were third of one of the games. I think it's third, third last game or fourth last game, and we beat them uh, in a very good game. So, um, and I think after that it was just a um, ideally it was going to be a mostly KD winner, uh, but Smedic and Hells Owen is so dangerous you can't you can't really rule them out. Um, and thankfully it happened to be us. So uh, yeah, good season overall. Yeah, as you look at the average positions in the table this season. Mosley average out around fifth position 
in, in the table. So not a bad, not a bad to end up on top. Uh, K and D finished second. Were one. 1.5, the, the second best team in that, uh, Hales Owen, uh, who averaged a position of 2.6. Uh, the only side with a really good average who were outside of that top group were Wolverhampton, who finished eighth, who on average throughout the season were in uh, third place. Um, Such so what a season it's been. And uh, it's been... It's been a bit odd, hasn't it? Because like there were, there were sides who were going for it, but even though there were some sides who were in the top four, they were never... You never felt like they any side had kind of run away with Division One at any point this season. Um, yeah, I think we obviously looked at it. I think Hale was Owen were up there for a period of time. Wolves had a had a great start, and sometimes it was just basically could you get on the park. Um, I know, for example, for, for our lot, we we played one game of white ball cricket for the first five weeks, so the rhythm of the season was a bit kind of up and down. Um, few teams kind of took advantage of of getting games on and. Uh, etc but even yeah we looking from a, a kind of selfish point of view Barnt Green uh, we were sixth and we, but we were only kind of 40 points off Mosley and we've had eight games abandoned so it's been an exciting season even though it's been frustrating from a weather point of view everyone's been in and around it and I know there was kind of uh, Hale's own could still technically win the league going into the last game of the season so you've got three or four teams as well as Smethwick obviously KD and Mosley probably the favourites going into that last week but you had four teams that could technically still win the league that's quite exciting and um, I think that's that's obviously a great sign for for the quality of the cricket but obviously a bit disappointing from the from the weather point of view but um, yeah it's been a good season and and apart from the weather it's entertaining and we spent the last kind of 20 minutes half an hour of the K&D game watching it on our iPhones which kind of promotes the the live feed sort of stuff quite nicely and I'm sure there's a few other teams that were watching that last um, five, six, seven overs of the K&D game so um, that was exciting and, and obviously well done to, to Mosley for winning it so they were definitely the best side in my opinion. So working alphabetically backwards uh, we'll start with Wolverhampton's season. <laughs> so working our way backwards and um, starting with Wolverhampton who finished in eighth they were a side who going into the final section of the season the final third found themselves in third position and were in third position even in week 17 so with five games to go how much of a difference do you think that the win-lose at the end of the season made towards the the league placings at the end? Huge, huge in my opinion. I think it's it's the kind of ending part of the red ball. You, you If you keep yourself within touching distance, because you've obviously there's 20 points up for grabs for a win and, and obviously bonus points-wise, you can only pick up a, a few extra ones. You can have a big swing in, in those last... Um, I think five games of the white ball. I've played this a long time now and still can't remember whether it's six and five or five and six, but um, it's still quite a few games to go, which is a big point swing. Uh, so if you, that is one thing that we talk about. I'm sure the other guys will say it a little bit as well in terms of if you can keep yourself within touching distance going into those last white ball games, then it is all for play for and, and who can handle that pressure. So I think, yeah, it's I quite like the format. I love the formats of it and the ebb and flow of it. Um, and then going into those last few games, you like we've had this year, uh, it's it's gone right down to the wire quite a, on a numerous occasions. But yeah, I think it also demonstrates like to be third 
week 17 and finished eighth and just said week 22 i think it also shows that the ruthlessness of the league like you can you know if you get in a bad run like not many teams will let you off and they will you know you can kind of just really quickly drop um so i think the points that's made i totally agree in terms of the formats and just kind of having the momentum of or the mindset of you just want to i don't think anyone well we, we certainly don't start the season and think okay we're gonna win the league this year we're gonna win the league i think it's more about i'm sure when you guys have won it as well it's you know, going to the last few weeks, just be in the race. I think that's, and then enjoy that bit, I think. Um, but going back to Wolverhampton, I think it just demonstrates to be third and then to finish eighth and four weeks later, just how ruthless it can be, um, which I think for us cricketers is, is, is amazing because it's, it demonstrates, again, the tough standard within the league. Probably, it probably shows um, what we lost at the start of the season as well because that Wolverhampton there only got 29 points out of those last five games in the white ball but most teams only played one white ball game at the start of the season mm. potentially so although when you say no team really ran away with it um, if we'd have played more white ball games at the start and people were able to pick up more points you might have found by that last third that somebody two teams had pulled away from everybody else if they'd had the chance to play that white ball stuff at the start of the season yeah I mean Wolverhampton had as you mentioned a perfect start to the season and they led pretty much all the way up until week 11. Uh, there was only three weeks when they weren't on top when they were in second place, week seven and eight, and uh, week 10 when they are in third. But then they still stayed in and around it. Um, they just had that really good start to the season where they had those three victories in the win-lose section. And then had, um, yeah, some winning draws. And it was a victory against Kitty that kept them in there, sorry. Uh, but then losses in the win-lose section to Smethwick, Barnes Green, Kenilworth Warden, Tails Owen, Ombersley, some some tough fixtures there against some sides either battling for it down at the bottom or looking to put themselves in in position to go at the top but um yeah it's uh Hales well Kenilworth Wardens on the other hand um had a great end to the season um only losing one in their last 12 games and um really shooting themselves up from a side who were maybe down at the bottom half who you were like we were a bit surprised that they were, well, they were never really bottom half, but they were lo lower mid the table, weren't they? But um, side who were a bit like, we're quite surprised that they were down there and then finished kind of where we thought they belonged, maybe? Yeah, and it's a club I'm going to love for a very long time now as well, <laughs> <laughs> for what they did on the last day. Um, I think I've always felt this way about Warders, it's just a very dangerous team. I think they can, um, you can have a day where you feel like, you know, you're, you're dominated or you're going to have a good day. But I think, they're just the kind of side where the way they're batting, just the way the boys are, I think they are so aggressive in everything that they do. The most times they're not, they, they come off. Um, they beat us here the last time we played. I think they got 300, should have got 350, 360. Um, and the bowlers are for 200. It was just like a typical kind of the Waters performance. Um, yeah, I think for, for me, they are they're someone that regardless of league form on the day, just you just can't take them lightly. Yeah, I think... Um... Mm. They're a team that could blow another side out of the water, either with bat or ball. Probably more bat than ball. They're a lot more explosive with the bat. But there was a point in the season where there was about four or five teams, and you could probably put yourselves in it, Kenilworth, us, Barnards, and there was a load of sides that the next couple of weeks would decide what side of the table you were going to push for. And it was, are you going to be in the battle at the bottom or are you going to be at the top? And they were, they were in that. And like you say, they they basically didn't lose a game from there, from, from there almost. Yeah, I've um, always felt Kenilworth as a bit of a rogue side. And that's why I kind of, I've even said this when we 
played them second last game of the season. And they were going into that game against KND. I said, this that game's not a win for KND because if Kenworth come off, Harrison comes off, Henry Cullen comes off, Harry Johnson comes off. I know they, they, they're overseas as a high-quality batter and he wasn't there for the last couple of games of the season. He's actually gone back to Pakistan and scored a double hundred in first-class cricket over there. So he's a high-quality cricketer there. Right, uh, thanks, mate. That's my badgery at its finest. <laughs> um, but it's um, they they do even when we played them, it was kind of like they were chasing quite a big score and they were some rogue shots and they've got way ahead of the run rate and then suddenly they've lost three four wickets in the space of two overs and the game's gone. And similar with a bowling attack, Tommy Rex is still a very good bowler. Um, so for me, they they're always a side you you're fearful of, but you do think you can get a win, but they can take you apart a little bit and it's all very much on the day they don't look at they're not like a form side they're more of a on the day and if you get them at the wrong time then they can stuff you if not you can beat them quite comfortably so they're a bit up and down in terms of that but yeah it's a good side 20 27 players used by kenworth wardens this season is that um would you say that that would go towards their inconsistency i would say so i think yeah 27 players is either a, a real horrific um, injury uh, record or in terms of unavailability. I know they've got a couple of pros like Baker and Brown and um, obviously overseas, like I said earlier, has gone. But 27 seems quite a lot to me. That is a lot. We've been through seasons where we've been through players like that. Um, 14 of them have played single-figure games. Really? So wow. there's a lot of people like coming last minute. Or, I mean, one of them was against us where um, uh, he was pulled into the Worcester squad. Henry. Henry, yeah. yeah. Literally the morning of the game, turned mm. up to play, was started the warm-up and then got the call that he got to leave. So two hours later, someone from the twos rocks up. Where was the game? At our place. So he drove to Shrewsbury and found out he didn't... He drove to Shrewsbury. I think we talked about it already. He drove to Shrewsbury from wherever he lives. Let's assume Kenilworth. <laughs> no, he lives um, Redditch Way. Is this postcode? No, uh, do you want to have <laughs> His birthday is shoe size is. Now he drove all the way to Shrewsbury from there to get told he had to drive um, to Cheltenham to then get there to be told he wasn't required. Welcome to the world of being a professional cricketer. <laughs> well, yeah, five 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 players for Kenilworth Wardens who uh, amassed over twenty games for Kenilworth. Uh, Jamie Harrison. Ali Zarab, Henry Cullen, Andrew Leering, uh, Tommy Rex. They are five. Uh, then you got some on eight, like 18, 14, Reeve Evitz, Josh Baker. Um, then the rest of all 11s and 13s, really. And then everyone else is single single digits. Um, That's but... a lot of games to get out of Josh, actually. Baker? Probably, yeah. yeah, I think so. I'd... Yeah, you'd be pretty happy if you got 15 games. Oh, God, yeah. 15 games out of Josh. Just, 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 just that, uh, what was the average... Number of players used by most of the teams. So Just to give you high. more things to do, Hurley. <laughs> if you've got so that 20, stat, 24, <laughs> 27. So, so the average players used by a team this season in the Birmingham League is twenty point four two. So that's your that's your average total players used. The least amount of players used in the whole of the Birmingham League this year. Well, in Division One, uh, were Hales Owen with sixteen. Um, the next nearest to Kenilworth were Kidderminster with 25, Candy with 23, and then Ombersley with 21. Shrewsbury and Barnes Green both finished with 20. So, I mean, there's probably no rhyme or reason to it, but, you know, some of the sides who are down at the bottom in, in those in those 20s, it 
you know, can't can't help too much. But then I guess with K and D as well, you've got a lot of as we mentioned, contracted players, pro pro players who may have other things going on or maybe pulled into other games. So then you're having to use those other players on the other hand as well. So it could could be could be a sign of strength as well in your squad. Some of the people who are playing one or two games as well could be those so it's like oh yeah we've got like 10 players have only played like especially for us if you got you might have 10 players have only played two or three games mm. or three four of those could be lads who are playing for Warwickshire and Worcester and they're yeah. only available yeah. for two three four games or whatever it is so yeah like you say it could be good strength those guys are coming in to your squad rather than having to bring people up I think there's a little bit as well I've just kind of as you were talking there Kenilworth have got a few lads that play private school cricket or go to private school so you have a couple of lads that we have a couple at Barnt uh, Green um, I know Kenilworth have got a couple as, as well so you've got some younger lads who are on academies who are at private school aren't available for half the season and then they have to earn their spot then they come in and go out and etc so yeah I, I still think that's quite a lot of players but um, yeah it doesn't help I think the more consistent of a side if it's the odd change once a week or uh, one or two players a week it's not too bad if it's three, four, five players that can massively change batting orders and roles and things like that. So that can make the inconsistencies a little bit tougher. But uh, 16, 16, 16 by Hell's is pretty impressive though. For a club side to only use 16 players mm-hmm. is, that's a good effort. And I'm pretty sure they've got five. They've got a lot of sides. Yeah, they, sides it's not like they've only got yeah, three yeah. teams on a Saturday. They've got five sides going up. Yeah, so that's pretty impressive. I think so, yeah. Hales <laughs> <laughs> Owen win the uh... <laughs> had <our> trophies today. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be it's got yeah, it's got to be massive towards the reason why they finished in in fourth place in Division One this season and why they've had such a good season. You look at you know their their team this year and their you know with the bat as I hurriedly go towards their stats. Um, but yeah, if you you're looking at the bat, they've got. Once they've got five, six, seven players who've played 22 games this season, and they've got Ben Treasure, who's had the most innings of anyone else. But you've got lads who've had 18, 19, 17 innings. Um, you've got three tons. You've got 15 fifties in the in the side. You know their their team was averaging every every player put together averaged around 19. Um, but yeah, it's it's just good consistency across the side, which you know, can can make that big difference. Yeah, and also I think they've got some really, really like consistency aside, I think they've also got some really good match winners. I think Kavazi's up there in terms of um I'd say top five best batters in the league. Um so I think having him, a couple of all rounders that they've got and the, the bowling attack's pretty decent as well. So I think um consist- consistency aside, I think they've also got they're not they're fourth because they've got some really, really good players. I'll be brutally honest, we played him twice and and pretty much smashed them twice, so it's probably not a, a great uh, example of how well they've done in terms of we we bowled them up for seventy and did it um, and chased it down in like eighteen overs, and then we bowled them up for one seventy, and then Banton and Pollock went mental, and we were that was the last game of the season. We we were done by kind of fifteen sixteen overs there. So on both occasions, you look at their side on paper, and like you say, Rudge and Eddie Rhodes, Ed Bragg, uh, Cavazzi overseas got a good fifty against this la- uh, last game of the season. Um, Zane Hollisand's played a few games, obviously been at Glamorgan a little bit as well. So they've got a good side on paper, so they've obviously done well. But against us, they, they didn't turn up on either occasion. So we played quite good cricket against them. So. <laughs> yeah, getting getting good amounts of games out of those players. And you've got four players who've 
all bowled more than 100 overs this year. Harry Kitchen, the fifth bowler, and he got 97.4 overs. So getting five bowlers who have nearly bowled 100 overs in, in the amount of games that we played this season's pretty good going as well. And then the the other three, uh, you know, you've got Cavesi who's bowled 43 overs, and then um, you got a couple others who bowled some, bowled a couple of overs who basically played a couple games and came in and, and, and did a job. So, yeah, nine nine bowlers used for them as well, so, as you can imagine. So a nice tight unit um, moving them forwards. And if they can keep that together for next season, that, you know, that that's only going to be positive for them. But, yeah, looking further down the table then, Barnard's Green come into the division this season and finished by survival. You'd say that was uh, success, John? Uh, surviving in your first season in Division One, yeah, definitely. Um, they've never been in Division One before, have they? Um, probably wasn't that long ago that they were in the Worcester League, would it be? Um, so yeah, they've they've done really well just to stay in the league. Um, they look like they've got a they've got a good side. Uh, um, whenever we've played against them before, um, they've got a good team spirit. Um, are they still? Is Ryan Tong still captain? So yeah, yeah they're, yeah, they're yeah. led very well by him. They were when when we played against them. So um, I think you know consolidating this year, getting promoted last year, consolidating this year. Hopefully they'll they'll be able to kick on next year and be even stronger. Yeah, I think say similar to what John said. I think the priority would have been to make sure you stay in the league, stay in the division. Sorry, um, similar kind of concept actually. They got they've got some really really good players. I think Tongue Rhodes, um, exceptional players. I think they've got the overseas, it's a decent bowler. I thought I think he bowled the right kind of. You don't want somebody to be. I always find that with the best bowlers in the league aren't the express pace and the guys that hit the wickets, um, and try to bowl that kind of a little fuller length. I think he did that. I thought he bowled really well here, um, and and at their place to be fair. Um, but yeah, good side. I think we fortunately beat them twice. Um, once I think we chased down two seventy here, which was you know great effort. I think Andy scored a hundred, um, pretty good hundred here, hundred twenty not out. And then the second t- second game we played against them was um, I think we got bowled out for one forty, and uh, we bowled him out for six. And then Yadi got eight for that day, um, just just a kind of exceptional performance. But I think overall, pretty good side. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of you know challenging um, or playing some really good cricket next year. I wouldn't be surprised with that at all. And you look at their you look at their victories and their and their form this season at the, at the tail end beating Kiddy. Um, beating Wolverhampton, which would have been a big result at the time, um, getting a winning draw against Shrewsbury, uh, beating Burkeswell, uh, beating Kiddy again, you know, beating Shrewsbury earlier on in the season. They pretty much beat the teams that they needed to and that would ultimately end up around them, which is going to be massive, you know, picking up points. And also it's kind of, I guess it's a bit of luck of the draw as well this season with abandonments and how they've, and how they fell because, if you're able to play Kidderminster twice in the season, you, you're probably going to be a lot happier than if you get rained off twice against Kidderminster. I'm sorry, Kidderminster, but yeah, see, yeah, I'm just trying to compare to, say, playing having to play a Mosley or a K&D or a Smethwick twice in the season. That's got, you know, it's going to be make a massive difference. Yeah, I think we we were the sides actually. We didn't we didn't play Kiddy once at all um, this year, and that was kind of the thought process going into the season. Like, would have been. With all due respect to Kiddy, I think it would have been nice to have played them. I think you, you back yourself to get a few points there. Um, but I think overall, I think your point on whether it's accurate, I think you mentioned it as well. Maybe I just mentioned it earlier. I think um, in a lot of the results, especially I think, uh, unfortunately, bottom at the side of the table, I think the weather played a significant part. 
It's just the fact that a lot of teams just didn't get to play. I think you, you, you I think you had eight games to band or something, or six or seven, I think. So I think you, you kind of back yourself in those eight games to pick up significantly good, big points and, and you add those 20, 30, 40, 60 points to your t- tally now, you'd, you'd be right up there. So I think um, it feels like it played a significant part towards the bottom side of the table, not so much um, the top side, if that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends how you look at it because um, I think we we got rained off against Smethwick. We were like sound. We got five points. We got four points against them in two games last year. So it was like we actually gained a point on the season before. We didn't play either game. We didn't play, no, neither Shrewsbury game we played. No, um, we got we got rained off against some good teams, but we played Barnards twice. And the first one was the first game we actually managed to get out on grass and we were... We're happy. We were kind of just happy to just be playing, but then we, um, Hose gets ninety and Rose gets hundred and twenty, and we were like, "Oh, well, we've been done by those two, basically." Mm. Um, you know, and then if Ryan goes on and gets runs, they'll walk it. No pun intended. <laughs> he's bringing up old. Uh... I've literally had that since you brought it up. <laughs> since Barnes Green waiting. came up, he's going right. What joke can I say? <laughs> bringing him up Ryan Tong finished 8th in the runs joint top with most 50s uh, so consistency from him 21 games 16 innings which is massive if you know you've got to you've got to have people who are going to be scoring runs uh, to to try and keep you in the league and then Rhodes also in the top 15 uh, wicket takers in the league um, so a good Good overall first first season's performance for Barnards Green. If we were to give them a ranking from A to D, what uh, what do you reckon we'd go for? This is just a brand new ranking system. <laughs> <laughs> just thrown us under the bus. Can you give each side a ranking system? We're going to start from the back of the alphabet and then we're going to work our way forward and then we'll give A's, B's, C's and D's. What's going on there? In reverse order, giving a number from A to D. <laughs> Wild card, bitches. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. How, how, anyway, how would you how would you rank their season if you were you know giving out grades uh, for how how they should feel about their first season in in the league? And uh, we'll give this one to Will and Suts. Go on then. D because it's the worst they could possibly do without getting relegated. Oh my God. Not sure about well, that. that. Well, it, is, it is. Try They, it, they try finish it. one place above us. So from A to D, A would be surely winning the league. D is just surviving. Is is D the lowest grade we can give? Because <laughs> that would be relegated, wouldn't it? We're in E. So I'd, so I'd say <laughs> C. Or Z. So there we are. Are we going that far? Are we going that far down the alphabet, are we? Okay, fair enough. I'm right in my logic. Us, us, please save our please please save say, it for the Barnard's say. Green listeners, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dig that hole, mate. You carry on. <laughs> don't have to see him next year. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why. Uh, <laughs> he's he's unloading now. He's not fighting against these sides. Thank you all for staying up. I don't think he's done tonight. I don't think he's done tonight either. There's some more stuff tonight before he finishes. Still stuff to come. Depends if people have got a two-year memory, if not longer. I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a C. Uh, they've stayed up. I, they would have liked to have gone a bit further up. I think the big thing that Barnes Green probably need to do is probably a little bit of recruitment in terms of I think they need a bit more solid from a seamer's point of view. They've lost Zane Olasan, which was a huge loss. They had Jerome Taylor, I think, the year before, didn't they, to get them up. So you lose those as an overseas and a, and a bit of a, a, a young pro. 
lose those players, then I think they're a recruiting seamer. I know their Bangladeshi lad was a, a nice bowler. I don't think he did as well as they probably thought he would and, and win as many games. But I would give him a C for staying up. But I think they they definitely need to try and find uh, some seeming options to allow them to push themselves further up. So I think they've got some good batting and some good spin bowling options. But seam-wise, I think they are a little bit short. That's a bit harsh. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and as for the other sides that we've uh, spoken about but haven't mentioned yet, uh, well, that we haven't uh, graded yet, we'll go for Kenilworth, Hales Owen and uh, Wolverhampton. Uh, Kenilworth, uh, I think it's... Uh, Kenilworth's a C. I think they've done really well. Um, I think they will probably be... Again, I think they'll be pushing next year. Um, again, most strangers side, so... I'll see for them. Who's next? Hail Zoe. Uh, a very high B. Mm. Yeah, I think I'll be mm. plus. That's um, fair. That's yeah. expanding yeah. on what we've been given. <laughs> <laughs> hey, pluses, pluses, minuses. It's all, it's all good. So, oh, uh, well, yeah. I'll change my original grade to a D minus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You started this. You can't, you can't have a go. <laughs> You've literally set him off and then moaning about him setting off. You can't do that. I've never seen that. I've never heard that before. Well, I was going to E to you, up. but I, did, I wanted to try and keep it at least uh, a little bit, try and be positive towards teams. Um, and yeah, Wolverhampton with the other side that we haven't uh, graded yet. It's a tricky one because I think they, they actually were they beat us first game of the season actually and I think they were near the top only because they're the only club played for a few weeks um, and they kind of like a had a mid to low end finish so I think it's a for me it's a C plus for Wolverhampton I think that's fair Just remind me where they yeah. finished in the league Eighth. Eighth. Eighth, yeah. They were they were in they were in the top three for pretty much all of the season and then fin well they were in they were sixth going into the final game and then dropped so they were in the top half for but, but twenty one <laughs> weeks out of twenty two. But they also a promoted team, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. a Barnes yeah, Green coming exactly. up. Yeah, 100, yeah. I think when we spoke at the start of the season, Wolves were a side that we were kind of going, their job like Barnes Green is to stay in the league, and then they were in the top three for most of it. So. They'd probably say from the start they got, they give themselves a D, but in terms of how they finished up, still in the league, performing quite well, good players, and kick on to next year, you'd probably give them a, I'm pretty, a C plus. I'm pretty like sure that. we put them as like a team to watch out for as well, though, didn't yeah. we? We were like, with the players that they've got, they're not a team to like relax upon. John, um, as someone who's played in both very recently, how would you how would you rank the two newly promoted sides, Barnards and uh, Wolverhampton? Um, probably a bit higher than they've been rated by the rest of you guys, to be honest. I think if it, it was just on the season, not them, and just on the season. I, I think it's obviously got to be down to how they what what their initial goals were, um, and obviously I think staying up is is the prime goal for for teams that get promoted. So I think probably a B, to be honest. They stayed up, like they can't ask for much more than that, can you? Is that B plus or B minus? Just a straight B, mate. No possible. Wait till we get to Shrewsbury. What grading system? What do we go to Z? Okay. I Okay. Yeah. So we'll move ourselves on to our next side, and let's go on to last season's champions. Medic, 
they, this is just literally scatterball. But um, yeah, a really good end to the season for Smethwick, uh, pushing themselves towards the top end. Uh, well, I say a really good end to the season. They had a really good middle part of the season, uh, bringing themselves back into contention. And then that really pushed them on. And then winning four of the last five games, uh, only losing to Bart Green um, in the in the win-lose structure, brought them really close. And for them to... To get for them to get as close as they did, and I think something that we mentioned earlier in the in the last episode was they are the team with the most draws out of anyone, pretty much in in that top group. Which which, side? which um, so they won, so they got four winning draws um, and one losing draw. So I think what we were talking about in the last episode wasn't it about that that difference Mosley ended up with um, seven seven wins and K&D ended up with six wins and Hales Owen ended up with six wins in that win-lose draw period but Smethick ended up with only the three wins but a lot of winning draws and failing to get failing to get over over the line but those winning draws coming against Bart Green K&D Wolverhampton and Barnard's Green and the losing draw coming against Kenilworth Wardens. Their two losses in that period were against Ombersley and Mosley and they had a game abandoned against Hales Owen. But their their three victories at that point came against Shrewsbury, Berkswell and Kiddy. Um looking at that and uh, their season, how would how would we uh, how would we look at Smethwick's season this year? I think they were so unfortunate that they didn't get their overseas here this year I think him uh, uh, my my inside knowledge is he was supposed to come uh, and then he wasn't able to pretty late in the season so they didn't really have a time to have a backup and I think Garinda's such a good player I think he's you know arguably the top three best all-rounders in the league when he plays I think you uh, put them put him in that side and I think you look at Smethick's batting lineup it's, it's ridiculous I think that's such a strong lineup um, with you know Bilal Caddy Abrash Raid um, all these players like Kashif Ali, serious the, player. The lads, the lads are like um, uh, five, six, seven, just come in and just moose it everywhere. Yeah, it's like you think you might be able to knuckle down on some of them, and they come in. Oh, I'll get thirty off ten balls, and you're like, what just happened? <laughs> it's like you think you're in the game, and then all of a sudden you know where. So I think yeah, there's, there's five winning draws. You 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 throw throw a quality spinner in that. I assume a lot of the draws are. People just blocking out against you, right? It's so I think. Be, so if you if you throw over. yeah if you throw a quality spinner in there with the teams block, blocking out for a draw, um, different games. I think those win, draws turn into wins. Especially at Smedic, I imagine half of those would have been at Smedic, where a spinner's going to come in more handy. Yeah, they've got so Grind is it's a big miss from a an experience point of view, a batting point of view, a bowling point of view. They've got still we one of the draws they got against us was on the flattest wicket in the world. It was one of their hybrid ones. It was on the hottest, one of the, the hottest days. Yeah. And it was, Kashif went mental. And they've got a very experienced, high quality batting lineup. They've got some good young bowlers. Man Raj is obviously a good uh, young bowler. Taz Ali, leg spinner. Um, you throw Garinda into that uh, as well. You, you're you probably thinking he's winning a couple of those extra games, which then pushes them a bit closer to, to K&D and Mosley. But there are, their experienced side, they know how they do. We we obviously did quite well at the end and beat them in a in a white ball game at the end. But from a from a kind of season point of view, they are a, a high quality side. And, and did they finish third in the end? Yeah, yeah. They, they just left them too much. Left themselves too much. Too to much do. to do, I yeah. think. Yeah. So are we grading them as well. Yeah, they got uh, just so for some stats attack on uh, Smedic, they finished with the second most runs in the league with the bat uh, falling only two behind. Uh, 
Ombersley. Ombersley got the most runs with the bat this season. They got 3,302 runs with the bat. Um, Smethwick got 3,300. And no surprise to find out that both of those sides had the most players with the most tons. They both got four tons in uh, various players. Smethwick got also 1350s. Ombersley got 16 uh, throughout their side. And the average in the league was 2 and uh, 12. So good going from those guys and um as you mentioned you know you got Kashif Ali who had a fun, who had a really good start to the season he had 10 games um pretty much playing through and then obviously his success with uh Worcester and County and kind of thing took kind of took him a, took him away from uh, Smedic but still found himself in the in the top 3 run scorers uh in 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 that side averaging 57 yes is a proper player i think um Fortunately against us, he was out first ball. Uh, they were chasing 240. I think the game would have probably depended on 240-220. And then the game would have probably depended on Ruay, um, Kashif and Abrash. I think getting Kashif out first ball was just felt like that's that's a big part of the game. But, you know, you see the scores around. It's just the way also how he scores his runs. I think he's, you know, um, the feedback is it scores him all over, you know, 360. So it's a bit like as, as a captain and as a bowler, it'd be hard to kind of set fields for. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, him for the league can only be a positive in terms of playing. And you can see that bowlers bowling at him will always raise the game a little bit as well. So, um, yeah, I think he's an important player for them. And um, so it's a good thing for the league as well. One thing I would say about uh, Smethwick, outside of Kashif Ali, everyone's, everyone is averaging in the 20s, apart from uh, Tahab Tahir, who've uh, only played five games, which... Uh, unlike everyone else in the league, especially the sides who ended up at the top half, um, at least had like a, a selection of players averaging 30, 40 uh, and above. And I know it sounds something strange about a side who have got the second most runs off the bat in the league, but that's something you probably look for more of, uh, more more runs or more consistency with someone. I think, I think it's also I think it's also the wicket they play on. Um, Smithing wicket for them is not the most ideal for batters. So I think... Um, I'm pretty sure there's something in that in those averages because um, mm. they are quality quality players. So I'm pretty sure that plays a part of the wicket they bat on. It probably backs up what we were saying before and the fact that the batting lineup's so long. Is that it's not just relying on your top five who are all going to average between forty and thirty, where you've got like your top eight who are going to go and get runs every week. Mm. So if if your top eight are scoring runs, your average is going to be split a little bit more between them, especially if there's going to be wickets tumbling a little bit more often. Yeah. Uh, looking at the wicket takers for Smethwick this season, you got Tazim Chowdhury Ali with 31. Then you got Manraj Jahal and Yasir Ali, both with 26. Roshan uh, with 21 and Caddy with uh, 18. And then everyone else, single figures. Um, again, it's, is it just going over the same thing, really? Probably hard to take wickets at Smethwick given the standard of their track or... It's not, it's not, it's like, it, it sounds like it's a bad pitch. It's not. It's just... Um, it's An absolute like, road. It's, well, yeah, <laughs> it's like you could contain if you wanted to, but you could also go nuts if you wanted to. It's not like going to seam loads. It's not going to spin a huge amount where it used to spin up sideways. Yeah, it, was, it used to be a, a bit of grass on it. And, you know, you could get through it if you wanted to. It was like it's kind of neutralised the game a little bit where a team's going to get 280 and the other team's going to get close to 280. Yeah, and that's kind of like how the game's going to go. Well, we played the one game we played there was the flattest thing I've bowled on in about fifteen years. I have to say it's it was a hybrid pitch. It didn't do anything 
I batted on it for a period of time. I felt like you could bat on it for a long period. So whether other teams have had different conditions, but we it was 30 degrees. It was rock hard. It was white. It was it was lovely to bat on. Not really much pace or, or anything in it. It was just nice. And f for me, it was kind of quite difficult to even get anything swinging or seeming. So I don't know if, what other experiences are, but it just seemed like the flattest thing in the world. But. And if it's not white ball... You're going to struggle to get a result out of them, mm. aren't you? The second team, you're yeah. not going to be able to bowl out. Whereas if they've got these hybrid pitches now and it holds up throughout the whole game, normally on a club pitch, you'll have balls at the end of the game which keep low. Keep low or, or they pop or something. Yeah. just die a death yeah. or something will do something where you can actually bowl a side out. But yeah. if they've got the better facilities, it holds together. It, it, it's funny how it changes the game. Okay, so quick, quick one, because I realise that we've got to move this on a bit. Uh, as you can say what you want to say, and then everyone uh, will go around ra ranking uh, Smedic. I was just going to say, um, I think there's also a bit of a shout out to the fact that a young leggy, I think 17, 16, 18, to get 30 wickets in Burnley cricket, bowling leg spin, it's, 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 um, it's amazing. I think it does sound like there's a bit of a talent um, for Warwickshire as well, and then hopefully for further honours. And I think... Um, not just to him, but I think having like some of the senior players that he's got around him as Smedic, I'm pretty sure there's some really wise heads. Yeah. Um, and I think Robert captaining him would have been amazing for him as well. I think, you know, we shouldn't forget some like a, a young spinner, especially leg spinner, to get 30 wickets in it uh, at the age of 17 or 18, whatever he is. Um, it's a pretty big shout. Mm -hmm. We've got a name. Tazzy Mali. Yeah, made his shout out. This day, made his, <laughs> this day debut um, for Warwickshire this year, made his England 19 debut. Um, as well, and is a 17-year-old leg spinner who is um, can also bat and uh, is a high-quality young cricketer, yeah. Okay, so quickly giving him a grade, and we'll go to Urs, you'll be the one to grade these guys. Oh, Smedic, I think... Would they finish third? Finished third. Average position throughout the season was fifth, though. But, yeah, they finished third. Yeah, I think it's going to be an A- minus for me. Ooh. Try to be nice. That's, That's nice, right? It's nice. It's nice, yeah. Oh, that's harsh. I'm going to go B minus. <laughs> I knew he's going to do that. I knew he's going to do that. Okay, so we'll move ourselves on to the middle of the table and uh, two sides who flirted with the bottom half but uh, have pretty much been middle middle of the road all season. They averaged uh, 7.2 average position and 7.4 all season. That is Barnt Green and Ombersley. And uh, we'll move over to Sutz. I'll let you talk about these two sides. Yeah, from from our point of view, like I said uh, earlier, we had um, similar amount of games, abandoned eight games to, to Shrewsbury's as well. That, that rhythm of the season compared to the season before, even for me personally, but for us as a group, if you play week in, week out, you're getting a bit of a rhythm, you're getting a bit of a role where with this year, it was very much kind of two weeks on, one week off, or even in the first five games, we only played one and it was quite difficult to find that rhythm. Um, I didn't have this, a season that I wanted to have, even kind of close to what I did last year. So I was obviously a bit disappointed personally with the wickets tally from a uh, batting point of view. Uh, we had a bit of Ed Pollock, but not a massive amount of um, of him, but even when he did turn up, he didn't kind of destruct as many games as he would like to. Jack Banton's had a good year. Adam Hines has had a good year. Um, so it's very middle of the road kind of season for us as a group. Ombersley, as you said, have got some seriously good batters. Um, I think Ombersley's pitch is starting to go back to 
the old Ombersley. I remember playing at Ombersley back in kind of early to mid to two thousands, and it was an absolute road. And second team cricket would be playing there. I think it's back to that now. So I think really? it's difficult to get back to. We didn't. I think our game got called off there. But I think looking at the stats and speaking to a couple of the players like uh, Gareth and a few others, they've said it's kind of coming back to where that was. 10, 15 years ago. So everyone has always said in the past that that was a class place to go and bat when I first when they first came back up, mm. everyone was telling me, oh, you'll get some runs at Ombersley. Yeah. And I've turned up and it's just been wet. Oh, it's been awful. Like every single week it's been wet. And then I missed the game there this year and I think um we got three hundred. And it was like, Oh, well, looks like I've missed the one year. <laughs> but the thing is that everybody's saying like they've scored so many runs, Taylor's got nine hundred runs. Yeah, this Taylor's year. A good player. Yeah. Yeah, 900 runs for Taylor Cornell this season, average of 69.23, uh, which are the uh, basically the most for any player, for runs and average. He's also got the most tons. He got three tons this season and 550s at strike rate of 77.12. Only six runs behind the highest score as well, which was 192 by Keith Barker. Um, Taylor, then, for those of you who can't do maths, uh, 186. <laughs> which is rich coming from me, because every week I struggle with my maths. But hey-ho, that's uh, I am in a glass house and I'm throwing stones. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. But uh, yeah, um, they've got three three batsmen in the top 15 and four inside the top 40. Rizwan Hussain with 600 runs and uh, Nick Hammond uh, with 475 runs. So to have three batters, within or over 500 runs is a decent achievement Very good. Very good. yeah i think i think cricket stuff aside <laughs> on the, on our second last game we played then do you know what, the, what, the, what those guys did what they prepared teas <laughs> did they really oh, <laughs> and it wasn't and it wasn't just teas it was uh, proper full-on there was like there was like a lot of sandwich selections pizzas before chips. the covid times their teas were and what were they most famous for teas no, no. What what part of the tea section? Um, Pizzas, the, the big home cooked pots of food. Oh, the they cakes. Had, there was cakes. cakes. Oh, Their no, cake selection cakes. was ridiculous. I made, a, I made a cake this week. Nowhere near what I was going <laughs> yeah. to do. Honestly. <laughs> It was I'll, show, a, I'll show you my cake. I've got a new cake. We, I mean, really? <laughs> he was telling me in the car journey up here about how it folds. Thank you, so, Mary, so, Mary, he's, that's uh, very kind of so, so he's so it rises better, doesn't yes, it? My mixes are holding the air. How old are you now? Older, older, apparently. <laughs> What's that at your top? 
It's a uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we, 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 we got bowled out for like 190 or something like 180 and we were walking up pretty depressed in the dressing room and somebody just knocked on the door and said, this is oh, Terry for you guys. Up. Mate, I was so happy. <laughs> um, but yeah. I had, I had a game where I had a tea this season and uh, I went out into the second innings and I completely forgot what playing a game of cricket's like on a, after, after a cricket tea. Oh my God, I was like going, I'm all for banning them again. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are too good they are too good but yeah talking to obviously bowling attack uh they've got two in the top five uh gareth andrew who also bowled the most overs and maidens 47 maidens from gareth andrew good friend of yours Sats. yeah good player obviously played a lot of first class cricket played with him at somerset and good friend he's uh, a high quality bowler still doing the business uh george is obviously a good quality cricketer as well and to get um, that amount of wickets, I think. Uh, with only one eyebrow as well. With one eyebrow as well. Can you believe it? Oh my god! I swear it's like the end of the Mr. Bean movie when he doesn't move when he thinks it's hello. <laughs> <laughs> the only difference is you're knowingly doing it well. But um, well, yeah. Last time I saw George Benoit was here at Mosley, and we were about to leave, and he had a flat tire outside. He didn't know how to change the tire. But to be fair on George, it was only flat on the bottom, so he was all right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, my God. Anyway, also, Taylor Taylor Cornell also with 22 wickets um, in the top 25. And would we say he's our Div 1 Player of the Year? No. You're going to pick one of your teammates, aren't you? You've got to pick one of your teammates. Yeah, not... not, Yaddy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, I think he's... I mean, those... uh, Taylor's numbers are ridiculous. He's such a good player. Um, but I think if you, yeah, are we are we going to pick the player of the year now? Or are you well, 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 we, we may as, we may as well because it's rolled into it nicely. Um, but um, here we go. So Taylor Cornell, one hundred twenty four overs, three maidens, uh, twenty two wickets, and with the bat, nine hundred runs, at an average of sixty nine point two three. His average is twelve better than. Uh, Cavazzi in who was in second, and Cavazzi was second with the runs with six hundred and ninety. So that's um, he's done that nine hundred runs in only sixteen innings. I mean, wow. yeah, serious yeah. numbers there, all round game. So yeah, I'm pretty sure anyone else apart from me would pick him, but I think um, the the bias, the selfish me would would go with someone like Yadi. Um, I think um, not just the wickets, but I think is when. He got his wickets in terms of game changing moments. You know, that A for A Barnard's Green or a must win game was so important. But I think um it was just the fact that throughout the season he could I could just throw the ball to him and say, We need to break this partnership or we need to start stronger or whatever and having some like Keith and Shea around him as well and still be our best bowler. Um, for me, the bias me would say Yaddy. Sats. I'm probably gonna go big the trophy is around the MVP, so the most valuable player effectively, if you're looking at runs wickets I'm, I'm going to go with Taylor uh, I think from a left arm off spinner and opening batter to be that consistent score that amount of runs I think last year even kind of or previous years actually a lot of MVPs haven't really been in the side that have won the league they've usually just been standout players so uh, I'd probably have to go with with, uh, with Taylor Will do you agree? Yeah I think so That I, there's a lot of people who are going to have had a, some good season scoring like 400 runs Five hundred runs and taking twenty wickets here, thirty wickets there, and but nobody's going to come anywhere near that. 
it's probably one of the best all-round performances for a little while. Up there? Yeah. How many runs do you reckon he would have? How many runs do you reckon he'd have got if we'd have had a full season? <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm sure I'm out of shitty jokes. <laughs> All right, we'll move ourselves on and uh, we'll start at the bottom end of the table. So, uh, Berkswell, Shrewsbury, and Kidderminster. And we'll roll these uh, three all together. So, Berkswell pretty much uh, saved themselves at the end. Um, they won three of their last five big wins against Bart Green, K&D and Shrewsbury. Looked like they nearly put themselves into trouble by relaxing and losing to Kidderminster and obviously a loss in the final game against Smethwick. They were already safe though pretty much at, well, at that point anyway. Um, but again, I know it's I don't really want to be pulling out the same old tropes every time when we talk about Berkswell and finishing ninth, but is it still a surprise to people to see them down there? Yeah, it was a surprise for me. I think, um, you know, their their recent history to just winning back-to-back titles, I think it was like four in a row or three in a row recently. Um, they don't just become bad players. I know they've had a lot of change and they've had change in captaincy as well, which I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it reflects that. But I think what they do have in that side is um, guys who can single-handedly win games. I think J-Mo... Side bottom um, are serious, serious players that, you know, um, on their day um, could just dominate the whole game, um, bat and ball. So, um, yeah, a little bit surprised, but I think uh, I'm pretty sure they'll have kind of a transformation or a change in terms of, I'm pretty sure they'll be back up um, next year as well. For me, there was a little bit of a change in how they went about it for me. It wasn't quite how they had been in the past. Um, not sure what that was, but also some of the guys that you just mentioned probably didn't quite have the seasons that they've had in the past. So it's going to be tough when those guys aren't getting quite the amount of runs and quite the amount of wickets that they have done previously. Um, fell short on a, a few games where they were beaten in close games where they would normally see themselves over the line. So that's probably just the difference. Maybe players getting older, you know, you, you lose a bit of intensity maybe. Maybe not as... That's just how I saw it from my side. Yeah, very surprised. Again, you look at that team on paper and you just absolute high-quality cricketers, whether they're ex-professionals or or even young players uh, in the league. And you can you see that team and you're kind of fearful of it, but it just didn't seem to get over the line as, as often as it usually does. They've set a very high bar for themselves as a group over the last six, seven years. So to keep that high bar going all the time is difficult. Uh, and if you get a few games abandoned or get a couple of losses you can you can fall away a little bit so I think they'll be pretty disappointed with having a, a relegation kind of battle uh, when they've got that kind of high quality in their side so but they've got some good young players young Callum Bennett's a nice uh, cricketer uh, Josh Ashmanil a uh, young seamer bowled really well at our place really impressed with with him so they've still got some good young players and they're they're a, they're a strong club so I'm Crook sure has a yard on him as well Croom Josh yeah. Croom yeah left arm seamer plays a bit for Played a bit for Warwickshire this year and um, and uh, and Wiltshire. Uh, he's a he's a he's a good cricketer. So yeah, I think you've got the likes of Dexter, James, uh, Thornton, side bottom. I think they'll come back strong next year. But yeah, they'll be pretty disappointed when they finished up. Um, yeah, and you you look at the stats as well, and you know they've got. If you look at their top seven, top ten run scorers. They're all pretty much paid. 20 games near enough outside of Will Rhodes is the only person who hasn't. He played nine games and to get nine games out of him, I guess that's 
that's pretty good, isn't it? To get nine games out of a, a pro professional contracted player is pretty decent. Um, but again, you know, their averages are all up there. Everyone's averaging in the 20s. Everyone's scoring a couple hundred runs each. And with the ball as well, you've got Nick James, 27 wickets. Ryan Sidebottom, 25 wickets. Josh Aspinall, 15. Grant Thornton and Josh Croom, 14. And then Adnan has 11. Where do you think the downfall has been for Burks well this season? Why why they've not been as high as everyone would expect them to be? Without being in the changing room, you kind of is anybody by the sounds of it they're they're, they're not bad stats, but then nobody's really taken this season by the scruff of the neck. Like, um, well, guys, not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I forgot your name. I was actually thinking of us. <laughs> I was thinking. Of, I was actually thinking. So you look at the two two opening bowlers have got forty and thirty nine wickets. That you kind of uh, guys have taken it upon themselves to kind of grab the the season by the scruff of the neck. Where you look at you sound those stats out, and it's it's okay. It's not bad, but nobody's really kind of got six hundred, seven hundred runs or thirty, thirty five, forty wickets. So it's kind of everyone's done okay, and then. If everyone does okay, you end up kind of being mid to lower table and then you get a couple of abandoned games and you're in the, the dogfight at the bottom. So I would say that would be it, really. It's not like they've had a, a stinker of a season, but they've nobody's really taken it upon themselves to to grab the, the season by the scruff of the neck and uh, and have a, an absolute standout, really. And yeah, I yeah, I think that's fair. I think the only thing I'd add is just a little bit depth as well. I think that side, I think you just there's two, three good players in each aspect of batting and bowling. I think if we just add additional seamer or someone you can just you know, the fifth six bowlers so important and I think having somebody who can bat six seven and eight and score some score some crucial runs so I think apart from you know um the point that starts made about having that kind of exceptional or that really good year I think just having a little bit more depth on that side I just don't think they're that far I think they'll be right back up there next year yeah. and you look at it as well and you just think two extra wins and they're up the top you know if they'd have beaten Kitty if they'd have beaten Kitty you know then they're in the top then they're they're finishing the top half um, I, I know it's woulda, shoulda, coulda, and all that stuff, you know. But a couple, a couple of big wins, and if they'd have beaten Shrewsbury, um, as well, maybe if they'd have beaten the sides who were below them, you know, in those two games which they lost, you know, you're then looking at them and you're talking about a side who, you know, are in the top four, top five, and completely different season, but just off off those two results, I guess. But um, let's bring ourselves on to the bottom two. Um, and we'll start with Kidderminster, a side who never got going at all this season. And um, only one victory this season, as we mentioned, against Berkswell, um in the third to last game. And they got two losing draws against Berkswell and uh, Barnt Green uh, week six and week nine, but never truly got going. Um, what's everyone's thoughts on Kidderminster this season? Obviously, something's gone wrong from the start, it seems, but uh, can anyone put their finger on what, what that has been? No. <laughs> so, but I think, trying to explain it, I think it, it, we talked earlier about Wolverhampton in terms of how ruthless the league can be if you, you can drop from third to eighth. And I think it just kind of demonstrates again that if you can't if you can't get going, I think they've obviously lost a lot of really good players. The Callum you mentioned earlier, a Burke, so I think he came from Kitty, right? Mm -hmm. So I think they've lost some other yeah. bowlers as well. So um, I think it just shows again that if you can't build any sort of momentum, it's, it's so, so difficult to kind of create some and gain some and then to build on it. Um, I think it's, it's obviously, I'm pretty sure they're, they're really, really disappointed. I think usually one of the things that surprised me checking the scores was I've always associated Kitty with being a very, very good wicket. Um, it just feels like, and we don't have seen play this year. I don't know who has, but I think it just felt like it wasn't 
the scores wouldn't reflect a very good wicket. I don't know if that played a part uh, in their side. Seemed good to me when, when we were there. It was a good cricket wicket. Um, I just think, uh, speaking with Penner at the start of the year, they'd lost a couple of guys um, who they were expecting to play. Um, and they fell injured and they, were gonna ha- they weren't going to have them for the season. And that affected both sides, bat and bowl. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know if they struggled to recruit or what, but it just I think they were carrying a few for the rest of the season because of that. There wasn't much depth in the club to come through to fill those holes. So yeah. they, were, they were left with a few guys who are probably going to struggle in the same day cricket. I think that's all it was. Yeah, looking at looking at the batting stats, and I, I, I mean, it probably wouldn't surprise anyone to find out. Pinner was averaging 47.86. He got four 50s and two tons, uh, which are half the 50s of the club and all of the tons that were got out of Kidderminster this season. Uh, 670 runs in 14 innings. Uh, the second highest run scorer uh, for Kiddy was MG Pardo, who got uh, 233 runs at an average of 400, uh, an average of 46.6, uh, with 350. So between them, they got seven eighths of their uh, of their 50s. The only other person to get a 50 was Graham Wag, um, who got 64 for them. Um, but he, you know. Powell, Wag, Bashir, um, Stainforth, Griffiths, uh, Weston, uh, Tidmarsh, Greenall, uh, Burton, all got 100, 105, 109, 116, 124, 178, 182, 187. And that's your top 10 run scorers uh, for Kiddy this season. And if you look at their average strike rate as well, 44.04, which I guess would... I mean, as someone who's who 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 has a slightly better strike rate than that, I guess it's a case of kind of digging in, and yeah, it's quite hard if you're in that situation where maybe if you're saying you know you are struggling or you know that there are other players who are struggling around you, it kind of your game becomes some people kind of like for me anyway I, I'm like right I've got to try and dig in here because I know that there's other people who will may not stay in as much and it may changes the mentality when you go out to bat I guess yeah do you want to talk us through your highest strike rate first <laughs> yeah. how'd you go about getting such a high strike rate yeah so so I think my strike I think my, my I think my yeah I think my I think my strike rate ended up this season on about <laughs> I think my strike rate was about 68 and I think half of that went because uh, in one game I averaged my strike rate was 400 because I hit a four with the first ball and the next ball was run out. Funnily enough, not by Will Martin, <laughs> but that's, uh, <laughs> but that's, well, that's, that's that we'll talk about that one later. Uh, but yeah, so that's why my strike rate was so high. But yeah, um, struggling strike rate, as you'd say, probably as you were saying, and Graham Wagg in at fourth, uh, former you know, Glamorgan star and someone who's done it before. And for him to come away with, you know, 11 innings with 182 runs, uh, an average of 16, you'd probably be, you'd probably be expecting more from him. Only 11 wickets as well for, uh, for WAG, um, 39 overs. Um, I know he, he kind of doubles between whether he bowls seam up or whether he bowls spin yeah. nowadays. But um, yeah, you'd probably be wanting more for WAG from Kidminster, I guess. He, uh, he didn't ball see him anymore and um, they got rid of him halfway through the season. So, you know, because they weren't happy with the way he was. Um, um, either on, on the field or off the field, probably. Probably happy with me saying it. Maybe not. 
Don't know. You can say what you want, mate. You have, by the sounds of it. You you say what you can and no filter. I will see him next year. (laughs) (laughs) So keep your mouth shut. No, but I think um, probably didn't perform the way that they wanted him to. And um, I don't think he lives anywhere near the ground. So it's hard for him to turn up to training and be that sort of main figure around the ground where you're going to be the professional, the ex-professional who's going to show everybody how it's done. So probably a little bit disappointed with that. I think that... The difference in quality with the two guys you've mentioned, you've got pards and pins who are probably going to be well sought out sort of uh, after cricketers with them going down. There'll be a lot of clubs kind of seeing what they're going to be doing. The difference between those two uh, and the rest is is a, is a big gap. You've got a lot of young players you've kind of reeled off there apart from, from, from WAG. You've got a lot of young lads who've probably not played a massive amount of Premier League cricket. Um, the long-term groundsman has, has moved on. So you've yeah. got a brand new groundsman this year. Um, the two seamers who I think I mentioned and, and we mentioned as a group at the start of the season uh, are kind of not playing as much. And uh, they they were quite uh, big parts of them doing quite well. So they don't play as much. You get your, your two main batters and the difference between um, the younger players. Roundy didn't play as much because I think he's had a bad shoulder and it just yeah. keeps adding up and adding up and you get to three or four losses and suddenly you're asking young players who have not played at that standard to win your games of cricket and exactly. they just haven't got the skill to do it. How many games did Pardo actually play for those 200 runs? Um, he played eight games, six innings. There you so go. It's, it's Huge. not enough, is it? It's no. not enough. And like you say, Roundy didn't play. And um, You look at someone like Liam Weston who took 50 wickets in the league three years, two, three years, years ago, ago and yeah. won the league bowling. Mm. Um, running in off a half run up now, um, you know, not sure what the reason. Steely doesn't play as much. Play yeah, as much. So. He's, he's been a massive part of that club. But those three, those three, uh, Weston, Bashir, and Steele, both the only three bowlers with over a hundred overs. Uh, then you've got Tidmar- Tidmarsh with eighty-two overs, and then everyone else with thirties and forties and whatnot. But uh, John, if you were Pardo and Pinner, what would you be looking to do next season? Would you be looking to stay at Kiddy and uh, bring back the revival, or would you uh, like me to throw you under the bus any more than I currently am? <laughs> well, I definitely would because I've I've been relegated enough myself. So. Um... <laughs> But I'm not them. Uh, I would worry for Kiddy a little bit, to be honest. Um, going from my experience last year, um, you know, obviously we had a tough year in 2022 in the in Div One, and then I think we carried that over into into Div Two th- at the start of this year. Um, and we, you know, even though there's a long winter, um, we still were in the habit of losing games of cricket. We never had that confidence, and uh, obviously they've had a horrendous year this year. Um, so uh, you know, even if they keep Pinner and Pardo, but if they don't, then yeah, I, I, I think they might find it really tough in Div Two next year. They never seem down in spirit. I'll put it that way. They always seem like pretty high spirit. Maybe that was because they they come to terms with what was going to happen at the end of the season. But they've been Kitty are a funny side where they've been relegated uh, the season before finishing second or third. Then they'll get relegated, and then they'll come back up, and then they'll finish fourth, and then they'll finish third and then they'll get relegated and then they'll come back up again and it's like the, the same year they've never really stayed in the, the next division down for very long and they come up and they do well so but and Pinner and Pardo have never left mm. for the whole time for the last 10 15 years or whatever it's been that they've been at that club they've always stayed so I don't see why they'd leave now when they're both going to be 30 30 to 34 <laughs> whatever is the age gap there so I don't see what the reason would be for them to leave at this point 
especially if Bardo's only going to play seven, eight games a season and it's Pinner's club. So why would they leave now? You know, what's, I don't see him leaving, to be honest. But I don't think they're those kind of people that would go and take some cash somewhere else. Wonderful. Um, so I would ask for a grade on Kidderminster, but we won't because... Uh, I just don't. I just don't a want to plus. do that. But uh, <laughs> um, moving ourselves. So moving on to. So yeah, we've got our final side here because I think we've talked. We've spoken about Moses and Kane, didn't we? Would we agree? I think so. I'll look back on this and go. We haven't spoken about them. <laughs> well, we'll talk about. We'll talk about them as a duo in a second. Yeah. So Shrewsbury finishing up because yeah, I think what um, I'm. I think we'll end up having to make this two separate podcasts, guys, and we'll do Div 1 and Div 2 and release them separately. Um, as it stands, John. You've stuffed John out of sight here, by the way. He hasn't spoken for about half an hour. And then you throw him, where's Pinner and Pardo going to go next season? <laughs> Poor bloke. It's been out of Levington. <laughs> oh, Levington have got a couple of batting spots in the <laughs> um sorry john um but yeah so um yeah so shrewsbury um aside who i'll be honest i don't think anyone saw um but from a traveling perspective everyone in div one are very happy to see leave the oh, leaguers yeah. i bet that i bet you were jumping for joy uh getting rid of the final shropshire side in division one it took a few years to do that <laughs> we got there in the end didn't we mate um no, I think obviously, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a second. I'm sure it's a you know, disappointing year, but I think um, it's one of the, for me anyway, it's one of those clubs where, um, yes, it's a little bit of distance, but it actually doesn't feel that long. I think when you when you get there, because obviously a new, new parts and few of the guys actually, um, it ended up being um, not that much of a journey, but I think once you get there, I think I've also, I'm pretty sure I've got a pretty good record there anyway as, as a team. I think not me personally, but as a club, I think we've got a pretty good record there. So, um and obviously, um, it's good competitive cricket that we play against each other and, and have a laugh about it afterwards. So, I mean, I'll be, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed that um, Will and Swifty won't win the league next year or in the division next year. But I would also very quietly back them to to fight and win the Div Two rather than to get promoted and come back up with Leamington. So, <laughs> yeah, <fine. Well>, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, bringing that up, John, uh, a side like Shrewsbury coming down into Division Two, what what would your what would your thoughts and what would your advice be to Will uh, moving into next year? Um, I don't know really. It's obviously we found it tough going going down last year. Um, we had a tough start, and then once we found momentum, um, we kind of ran with it. Um, it's just getting that momentum. Hopefully, we don't have a, a season with the weather like we did last year or this year even. So it'll probably be easy if we if we have a normal season weather-wise. It'll probably be easier to, to to get momentum if you get a couple of wins early doors. Then you can I can see Shrewsbury sort of you know perhaps running away with it, not running away with it, but maintaining the top position, not struggling like we did um, because we you know we we. We're losing games at the start of the year, and then then we obviously had weather affected games, and we never really got any momentum. So, um, I would say just if you can get early wins, then then run with that. But yeah. So, Will, your first season not as captain. Um, how's it How's it been? Uh, it was throughout the winter. I was a little bit worried because I was like, oh, have I made the right decision? Um, am I going to miss it? And I reckon it's within ten minutes. The first game, I was like, "This is the best thing in the world." <laughs> I literally, I, I can just walk around, not like make silly jokes, like I always did anyway. Not, but there's no like people frowning, go, "Shouldn't be making a silly joke, these captain." You know, I could just make them. <laughs> it was great. Um, but 
you know, other than that, I, I just was able to go out and enjoy my cricket. It was really nice um, without any additional pressure or things to think about other than the camera. So what, what went wrong for Shrewsbury this season? Or would you say that anything went wrong at all? Or do you think that this is kind of pretty much naturally where you should have finished this season? Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we play cricket bad enough to go down, um, and I don't think we can also blame it all on the weather. You know, I know we had eight abandoned games and everything, but we had our opportunities to win games um, and to get games on. Uh, to be fair, it was worse than Alderbury. <laughs> <laughs> Good ground. Yeah, yeah, genuinely in danger of a ball being plugged out by them. But, uh, you know, there it is. Get the game on. You've had some shit follow you this season, haven't you? Oh, yeah. With the tongue not walking, the Kenilworth just, stuff, just, the abandoned games. Bring it all up, please. Yeah. <laughs> that we've missed? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, there, there is, there is, actually. They, they, they dropped Barker on 30. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then dropped Drop. him on 40. And, yeah. and then he got 192. <laughs> I dropped him on 60. And then he was also dropped on 80. So, yeah. you know, like, like we've had our opportunities. Like, I think if we'd have caught him on 30... We would have been brought up. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, you were back to sell us to win that game. And there's a couple of games where we thought we might have won when the weather came in. Nothing you can do about the abandoning games. Um, you've just got to win the games that that you can play. And um, we only won, all of our wins came um, two against Kidderminster and one against Birkswell, I'm pretty sure. I don't think we won another game against the team above us. So you could look at it pretty accurately. Like, and maybe we deserve to be down there because we didn't take our opportunities when they came but I yeah think i think we're a good side and i think the quality in the side probably doesn't reflect where we finished but there wasn't much else we could do really one game in the first set of win lose in the first game you played you only played one you had four games abandoned against smethwick wolverhampton Barnt green and kenilworth wardens and the one game that you got on you lost to barnard's green yeah. uh then in the win lose draw section you had three games abandoned which was the most of any side everyone else had pretty much averaged uh one game about one 1.5 because there were a couple of teams who had two games abandoned. Those games were abandoned against Ombersley, Wolverhampton and Bart Green. Um, then you got a winning draw against Kenilworth Wardens. You got a losing draw against Barnes Green. You got a victory against Burkeswell and Kiddy. And then going into the final six games, you had that game abandoned against KND. Uh, you then had two victories against Hales Owen and uh, Kidderminster. And then three successive losses against Ombersley, Burkeswell and Mosley. And the, the defeats to Ombersley and Burkeswell probably stung the most because, if anything, you go into those two games and if you win them both, looking back now, you survive. Ombersley won, I think we were well beaten. I didn't play that one. Um, I was away, but I'm pretty sure we were well beaten in that one. Um, you look at, you could go through all the defeats and pick something out. Like um, the first Barnard's Green one we talked about, two pros got 100, nobody else got anything. We lost. Um, I think, like we said, we dropped Barker several times, lost. Um, had you on the ropes here, lost. Didn't see it through. Um, there are several. You could go through every single loss, other than that obviously one, and maybe the Berksall one, where like we had them like thirty for five or something like that. But to be fair, the last two saw it through and they didn't give us a chance. So I don't really see that as a missed opportunity. They they jumped. I don't think we bowled badly. They just batted really well, um, and saw the game home. You've got the best across the side. You've got the best average strike rate um, in 
all of the Birmingham League Division One with an average strike rate of seventy three point one eight. Do you think that you played it a bit too aggressively with the bat no. maybe this season? No, because we got loads of runs. Two thousand eight hundred eighty three runs. And that's only how many off the leader? Uh, that is five hundred runs off the off the leading side. So two games and we had eight abandoned tiny one. No, I don't think I don't think we did that. I, I I think we played it perfectly. I think we took teams to it and we got lots of runs. And then either the weather came in for the second half or we couldn't see a team off. And the, a couple of the times we fell short, you know. Um just things not going our way. There you go. Yeah, on the on the other side, you obviously went for the most runs with the ball this season, two hundred and one point five. Um, well, two hundred and one runs you went for um, per bowler this season. So leaking runs with the ball, um, and um, yeah, going to next season, what would you what would you say that you? Well, actually, not even looking to next season, looking back on this season, um, if you could improve one thing, what would it be? That makes sense because, like I said, we scored a lot of runs up in the first dig and then we couldn't, either teams knocked it off or we couldn't bowl them out. So I think that that's, that absolutely adds up. And I think we struggled. Pete got injured halfway through the season, so we, we struggled with a second spinner, um, which would normally be Rodri, but ended up getting banned for two games and he, he can't play every game because of his work at the school. So we went through with Lewis being our primary spinner and only spinner for a lot of the time. Um so if he hadn't got injured and he could go there and type an end a little bit more, that probably that probably would have helped. It's just those middle overs. I think we did well at the top of the seamers. And um, the four seamers that we had, I thought, bowled really well all year. Harry Darley had a great year. Luke Gaunton had a really good year. Alex had a good year. Brad, when he came in early on, had a good year. I think it's, it's just that probably 30 to 40 over period of the game where we either couldn't take a wicket or let a team get away from us in that time. Yeah. Okay, so moving ourselves on from those. So I'm pretty sure we're putting Shrewsbury and Kidderminster both as Ds in our in our grading. Sorry, uh, Will, unless you've got a better version, better grading system. D minus. D minus, there we go. <laughs> uh, we'll move ourselves on to our top two. Um, so Mosley and K&D. So K&D has stayed in the top two and they had the average position of 1.5 all season. Um, and Mosley average position, as we mentioned, 5.1 this season. They are your top two and it went down to the very end. And um, looking at that, K&D going into the start of the season, a side who had finished in seventh last season, finished fourth the year before and fifth uh, the year in 2019, had brought in some big name players and did some good recruiting. Would we say that Actually, looking back, second is a good position, or do you think that they may, or given the side, especially that they put out in the final game, that they, you know, second is a bit of an underachievement? What's everyone's thoughts? I'm going to go with, I, I think we are, most of us picked them to be the side to watch out for virtually in terms of the recruitment and the, the depth that they have. Um, they've had it in their hands for a, a lot of the season, even going up to the last. Um, five, six, seven lose. overs. It was theirs to lose. I think when you're in that position and you've played all the cricket, they'll look at a couple of games. I know they lost against Berksville when they were kind of depleted. Um, they'll see that as a disappointment. But but again, kind of going into the last couple of games, they've had it. They've had it all to 
in their own hands. So I think they'll be really disappointed. Jack's obviously a, a quality cricketer and a good lad and a good captain, and and they've had some good players. They've obviously overseas going earlier than he would have wanted, and and going back a bit earlier was a big one because Ackerman was a high quality batter. He was setting the league apart, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. He was a, a, a quality batter. So I think that obviously there's a couple of things they can look at, um, but I would say they'll be disappointed when they look back at it. That's an opportunity missed rather than they've been stuffed or anything else really. So Yeah, obviously I would agree. I think um, <clears throat> overall, yeah, I think, you know, you, you, you look at that team, uh, those stats don't lie in terms of average league position being 1.5. Um, and I think um, but also the quality in that side, it's, it's ridiculous. I think, you know, I think I said when, Carl joined Candy last last winter. I think we spoke about it. And I said that he's, he's always going to he's going to improve any side. I think he's a amazing cricketer. Um, obviously, I think they they missed him for the for the two bits two just over two months that he was missing. Um, so they would have had a number of issues. I think Samit Patel not playing the last game. Um, and a few players and the county players missing out throughout the summer. So I think there's always going to be scenarios. But I think if you think about it, if you, you you'd want to be in that position going into the last game. Not knowing that it's in your hands to win the game, and I think even at the game position, you would back yourself up until the last moment to kind of win that game. So I think I'm pretty sure they'll be disappointed, but um, they're just a kind of dangerous team that you can't, you can never rule them out. I think last year was a bit of an exception where they finished seventh. I think they've always been top four, top five ever since I can remember actually. Then I'm pretty sure um, next year as well, I think they'll come, they'll come roaring again. I think going back to, I know we spoke about it. We've done a lot of these, but look at what Smethwick did the year before. I know we were second and every time we had half a sniff, Smethwick got over the line. That was the last five or six games. I think they won They won a number of games, kind of nine down or they got wickets in the last few overs or whatever. And that's the sign of a good championship side, in my opinion. You're always sticking, you're getting through over the line. Uh, Uzzies Mosley did it literally last game of the season, won the, uh, a really important pressure game, nine down. So that just shows those sort of games are huge and, and that's the difference between finishing second or third and we've I know we've finished second a couple of times and we've we've kind of tripped over at the last moment or missed the odd game here and there or whatever it might be but a championship side gets over the line there and that's what KND will look at it as they'll go it's in their hands uh, and they should have probably gone over the line personally but obviously mostly um, pushed them right to the to the wire and, and obviously deserved winners yeah a side who are unbeaten after 18 weeks of the season so four weeks to go and they lose three of their last four their losses coming to Birchwell, Smethwick and Kenilworth Wardens victory against Barnes Green in the penultimate game but from from that as well how much of an impact did you think you know players getting called up because those those losses against Birchwell, Smethwick from from memory they didn't have the strongest of sides compared to other teams that they've had because they have a lot of players who are with you, Suts, obviously, in at Warwickshire and um, not laying it all at your front door, mate. But um, you, 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 <laughs> yeah. you pretty much assisted uh, your mate here us by making sure that um, all Candy's <laughs> players are coming and playing for you, mate. Yeah, um, I, I'll get the email. I'm surprised I haven't got an email yet from KND saying, why are you taking all our players and, and the first team taking Hamza and Ethan and a few others. So Take uh, it as a compliment for all your players that you've developed are going on to play, but do bigger and better things. Yeah, it's, it is obviously, you're going to get that from time to time when players are unavailable or whatever. But like I said five minutes ago, that was going into the last game. 
they're overseas, obviously, is, is gone. They've got pretty much a full-strength side uh, out for that last game. They've got a chance to win it. Uh, they get a side eight down. Uh, we're still needing 30-odd runs to win. If you want to win championships and you want to win titles, you've got to get those last two wickets. And at the end of the day, they didn't. So Season's 22 games long. Exactly. Not 20. Yeah. Great stuff. And uh, at that point, we'll finish off with our rankings for K&T and Mosley. I think we all know what we're giving a, a, a plus for Mosley. All uh, all nod if you agree with that one. Yeah, great stuff. And for and for <laughs> and for K and D, and we'll go to John as he's the impartial uh, person in this room, and I don't trust Will. <laughs> <laughs> um, based on the last three games, probably, well. Possibly a D. Oh, and I came to you. I came to you in trust. I came to you in trust. So after John has been thrown under the bus, he's now thrown Hurley under the bus with his D. I like it. Good. It's good, mate. You're learning quickly. It was the tilt of the head as well. He's just gone, I'm giving them a D. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thank you very much. Okay, us. <laughs> oh, what, what am I rating Candy? <laughs> yeah, and yourselves. Yeah. Uh, so Candy, I would say a um, just an A. I think not plus, not minus. That's an A. A minus. Yeah, I'm probably going to go A minus. Yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, and that brings us to the end of Division One, pretty much. But before we finish, guys, uh, I'll just quickly go around the table. I just want one answer from you all, guys. Let's go for your moment of the season, your player who hasn't been mentioned yet <laughs> and who's been the biggest surprise. And it can be, a, it doesn't have to be, it can be a positive or negative surprise. You don't have to tell us what, which one it is. And we'll start with us since he's given me those wonderful eyes. I was trying to avoid, avoid his eyes. Um, player wise, I think, uh, obviously I'm not going to mention any mostly players this section for a change, but I think, um, I think Neil Pinner for me, I think the fact that Kiddies struggled as much as they did, unfortunately for them, um, and the runs that he scored um, and kind of um, lead the team literally by, by the runs that he scores, I think he deserves a special mention. Um, I'm sure, I know it doesn't really mean much because of his team got relegated, but I think um, as an impartial kind of person, he did an amazing job for, for his team and his, and his club. So hoping the player I mentioned, um, the moments... There's two. I can't. I can't, I can't um, pick one from the two. I think there was a game here where we were we're losing. To, oh, pretty much, we're gonna lose to Hells Owen um, with Cavazzi just smacking all around the park on ninety six. They need an additional thirty to win. I think we got him out um, ninety six, and then they need twenty runs. We need five wickets, and we got all five for one run. And the last fifth wicket we got on the last ball of the day, Madness. which was amazing. Um, and the moment. Um, uh, the next moment is when Kenworth Wardens hit that four. I think that's a moment I'll never forget. We all sat here watching it on the stream. So, um, yeah, those two very special moments for me. I'll probably join you with Pinner on that one. Um, I really like Pins. Great lad. Scored a lot of runs. And uh, moment in the season, Dave may not have mentioned uh, Ryan Tom. Biggest surprise for you this year, mate? Yeah, real surprise. Um, the first instance and then the second just seconds afterwards as well yeah, yeah. 
Okay. We have to elaborate. Which, which, which moment are you talking about? Oh, I think oh, we've walk on for ages on this one. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> us, us, who, who are your surprise? Who are your surprise? Because I realise we didn't do that one, mate. Uh, ah! No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's used his dad jokes, jokes up now. That's <laughs> him, Dan. He, we've finally finished on the dad jokes. Uh, surprise. My surprise is uh, Shrewsbury going down. I think they're a very good team. Cool. And that's that's surprise. Uh, surprise is definitely Shrewsbury going down. I thought it would never happen with uh, the, the kind of history they have and, and everything. I'm very surprised that I usually when they've been in relegation fights, um, kind of about six, seven games to go, they find a way of finishing second. Uh, yeah exactly so i'm very surprised with that players not mentioned um is actually another shrewsbury player young harry darling i want to mention him as a young seamer who's who's done really well from a young lad coming through a bit of a late developer i think he's going to be a seriously good bowler um and and hopefully he gets a, a bit of a future with a with his uh with his county but he's he's a young quick to to look out for um what was the other a moment of the year I'm going to go with us as well. I'm, I'm stealing a little bit here, but um, sitting around last game of the season, us as a, a group watching the last 20 minutes, half an hour of uh, of K and D, it ebbed and flowed quite nicely, and it was. I think it was a real um, positive for live streams. For one, I think that's something that should definitely come into more and more. I know there's a negative with live streams in, in certain games, but uh, positives with watching the <laughs> <laughs> positives with live streams was being able to see the kind of final moments of, of the season uh, as a group was was quite special as well. And obviously, a massive congratulations to Mosley winning it for the first time in a long time. Or when was the first time? I think it's the first time in 38 years. So there's a there's a special moment. 38 years. Jesus. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Congratulations. As I know, we've brought it up before, and uh, we've we've said it again. But yeah, it's uh, it was great to see it, see you do it. And yeah, it was the last time that you did it was in 1985. Before that was 1984. Right. That's when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> actually, 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 have it here. You go. Here's something. Here's something that will uh, cheer you up. So the last time you won was 1985. The year you won, the year before you won, and then the last time uh, was 1970, and you won the year before that as well. Uh, you then you won in 1967, but before that you won in 1963 and 64. So basically, mostly always <laughs> go twice, mate. So um, <laughs> you may, may as well, well may as well engrave you twice in there um, next to COVID nineteen. Get rid of the COVID engraved. <laughs> <laughs> For any of you who haven't COVID seen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For any of you who haven't seen, COVID nineteen is engraved as the champion for twenty twenty on the trophy, which is amazing. But anyway, let's move out ourselves onto our final section okay so we move ourselves onto our final section and yeah it's been a really long one and uh so this will be the same final section for both podcasts so yeah feel free to uh, skip it if you've if you've heard it on the if you've listened to one before the other but yeah a massive thank you to all of you especially first-time listeners who have joined the podcast this year really hope you've enjoyed it sorry we couldn't get through to your listener questions but maybe we will uh, roll them on to the next podcast uh, that we do together and uh, we'll get that all saved uh, going into the new year we are looking to 
do more f- features and uh, get more people on, especially in the off season, and do more uh, podcasts live like we have tonight and uh, bringing out some more video content for you guys. So anyway, um, a big thank you to all of you for your continued support. Um, winter well, everyone, and uh, go well to all the sides who have got relegated this season. Really sorry, obviously, that you're going down. And uh, looking forward to welcoming some um, new sides to the league. And um, I'm sure Will will talk about how many about how many turnings he'll have next season with uh, the amount of Shropshire sides. I know that I know that um, John is already really looking forward to it. He can't wait. Uh, you may as well may as well buy an apartment in Shropshire, mate, your next season. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Shane's not short of a few quid. You can uh, you can room with him, but um, yeah. Um, a big thank you to you boys, especially uh, John coming in um, towards the podcast towards the end of the season as well. But a big thank you to you boys and uh, all the others who have come on and everyone else who's come on as a guest this season. It's uh, been a long season, but it's been a short one in a weird way. Um, but huge thank you to you boys. And um, I'm sure all the all the people who listen would say that you guys are the people who make it. So uh, well done, boys. Uh, there anything that you guys want to say um, before we finish and we'll start? We'll go this way around. No, just thank you for all the support. And uh, let's bring on a very exciting 2024 and hopefully a dry one. Mm. Thank you, James, for keeping everything going and getting us here and keeping the podcast <laughs> real and uh, earthed and, uh, and everything. Sarcastic bastard. You absolute. Push it on to the next level. And Climb out, mate. Come on. Like, oh, yeah, you can... oh, like, he's just had thanks to all of us and he does everything. We just so he should. Talk shit. <laughs> Good, <isn't it? laughs> Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. All right. That, I find that really awkward, but uh, let's <laughs> carry on. <laughs> <laughs> no just just thank you for me uh to everyone uh it's been a really good summer i really enjoyed it i've really enjoyed the banter in the whatsapp group as well i think it's been good fun and uh to all the messages that i've received um uh, congratulating me sir and the, and the team so i really do appreciate it boys thank you so much just a thanks from me to for having me on the podcast it's been a um, long way back continue no worries and uh yeah for those of you who are like what what about the draft what about the draft we're going to be talking about that in the next episode it's taken it's it's a big spreadsheet that will's got so it's taken him a bit of time to work through it but do not worry we will be bringing you that on the next episode and yeah until the next time goodbye bye <laughs>